welcome to the Situation Report for May 1st, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. And it's been a, a few days since I've been able to post. My apologies for being MIA, but I was traveling last week and I uh, got a call from one of my kids to go help. And I went and helped one of my kids renovate a bathroom. So it was kind of impromptu, but after Wednesday sit rep on the 24th, I, uh, I needed a break. I was pretty, I'm pretty burned out. A lot of it is just because there's, I'm getting hit with so many different things and so many different people that I can't keep up with everybody. And, and my work life is, is a shit show right now just because there's so much going on there too. So it's, it's a, uh, let's just say it's a, it's been a busy week, but the interesting thing of the narrative right now, and I'm talking specifically of the narrative because there's, there's a lot of alternative media narratives. There's a lot of narratives that are, um, what do you call it? There's a lot of narratives that are in the alternative media and the mainstream media but the one that people should zero in on is this bio lab in the, in the Sudan. The first thing is in the Sudan, they've been in civil war for almost 20 years and now rival fractions are, are fighting it out at the behest of the CIA and Russian, Russian intelligence. And it all started over Russia signing an agreement with the, the quote unquote government of Sudan to put a military base there. Russia has always wanted warm water ports. That's been a stated goal of Russia for probably 80 years. And now with the decline of the U.S., they're able to do that. They're in South America. They're in Central America. They're in Africa. And the Chinese are in Africa, Central and South America, as well as in the South China Sea. And it's a projection of power. And also there's an island it's about 300 miles southeast of Hawaii that the Chinese have bought in total. And they're putting an airstrip there. You probably didn't hear that. But they literally have signed an agreement with the indigenous people to build an airstrip, to build infrastructure, etc. And that's what they're doing. And all of this is happening concurrently to the decline of the, the West, the dollar, and everything else. And Alec... Uh, Alex Craner said, and I believe him now, that they always they're trying to replace the U.S. with the dynasty that is China, and he doesn't think China's playing along. He thinks he's, that China's going after the oligarchs. I don't know what part of that's true, but I do know that it was a very interesting conversation, and it was very very insightful uh, for a lot of reasons because it was. It was based on historical comments that um, Bolzhiz made, as well as other leaders in the Chinese Communist Party. And when you take a step back away from the conversation with Alex Craner, you see that everybody's got a different view of the world. And a lot of things are converging all at once right now. The, the first thing that's converging is you're seeing a convergence of the fuel supply running out, the logistical um, framework slowing down, the economy slowing down, the dollar collapsing, the price of food rising, 
There's a lot of things happening all at the same time. And I, I've routinely been asked, how do I think things are going to develop? I can tell you how things are going to develop. Things are going to happen all, they're architecting the same thing they did in Sri Lanka. They're architecting a collapse of all the systems at once so that they starve you into to accepting the central bank digital currency and the social scoring system. That's the game plan. It's always been the game plan. And I've said, since Sri Lanka happened, watch Sri Lanka. Watch how it develops. Watch what they do. What's the first thing they did when they crashed the economy? People revolted. Of course, they don't have weapons. They ran the president off. Then magically, a new president is picked. And the first thing they do is issue QR codes so people can buy fuel and food. What do you think is going to happen here? If you add to that, there's rumors that Marburg is going to be the next uh, pandemic. And I heard this over a year ago. And I don't remember who I heard it from, but I heard it in a in a podcast over a year ago that Marburg was going to be the next pandemic. And they were already planning for it. And they were already planning for vaccines for Marburg. And monkeypox didn't get any traction. So they moved to something else. And and I don't think this will get traction either because they're going to try and lock down the country. I just, I don't see it happening. This is going to lead to gunfire because people aren't going to put up with lockdowns again. They're not going to do any of that again. Those days are over. And this time it will draw fire. They're going to try it anyway. They're going to stay on, the enemy's going to stay on their plan until they can't stay on their plan anymore. That's that's how that's how every battle develops. These people are gonna they're gonna keep trying to do what they're doing until there's a complete collapse and they completely fail. And then most of them will be in bunkers, and we'll probably have to dig them out. Whatever the case may be, however it develops, the point is they're architecting this so that everything fails at once. It's running smoothly and then it stops. And you would be surprised how many people are blissfully unaware right now. It is amazing how many people are blissfully unaware. They're blissfully unaware for so many different reasons. But the biggest one is they just don't care. You got a whole generation that just doesn't care. And that's that's a big part of it. Sorry, I'm responding to something here. Just don't care. There's a whole generation that doesn't care. And it brings me to a couple of different couple of different um things to talk through. Um the first one is I was asked over the weekend several times, how's this going to develop? I was asked over the weekend several times. You know, what do I think this is all going to look like on the other side? I was asked several times over the weekend, what's the intent? What are people trying to do? And it was amazing to me the responses I got when I when I gave answers. And I was in a room full of, um, I was in a room full of, of let's just say, 30s, 20, 30-somethings. 30 and I was, I was at a hotel. 
and it was late at night and there was a bunch of them in, in the, in the lobby. And, um, I came in, I had a USA hat on and one of the, one of the guys says, are you military? I said, I'm retired. And so he started asking me questions about, you know, um, what'd you do in the military, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the conversation got to politics and it was late and I was tired and I really didn't want to entertain the conversation. Um, anyway, he said, uh, the kid says, he goes, what do you think about current events? I go, this is going to go kinetic. And they all stopped talking. All of them. One of them asked me, what does kinetic mean? This is going to end in gunfire. There's no other way this ends now. And I don't know how it's going to start. I don't know where it's going to start. But I can tell you this. This is what I know. I know that they're moving military-age males into almost every state in the in the Union, more so into the red states. I know that it's easy to infect a population with sick people when you bring them across the border and escort them across the border. You can infect them outside the country and then bring them in. I know that they're they're killing people and they've killed people with the vaccines. My friend was one of them. I know that every part of our government down to the city has been compromised by China. I know that the school systems have been compromised by China. I know that all of this trans gay agenda is all about creating conflict at the lowest level so we fight amongst ourselves and not them. And the them is the elite, the oligarchs, the New York money, that crowd. And every single one of them is working in some kind of a loose marriage of convenience or they're a believer. No matter what you think, this is an orchestrated event at the very, very highest levels of not only our government, but the highest levels of the elite. And this is being funded by very deep institutional money. A lot of it is U.S. taxpayer money being used to do all these things. They're using taxpayer money to pay the U.N., to pay media companies in South and Central America and Africa to entice people to come to the U.S., and then they're busing them with U.S. dollars and moving them into the country and flying them to all parts unknown using U.S. dollars to pay for the airlines. That I know. That only ends one way. And when you bring in forces like you're doing right now, you're preparing for some kind of a kinetic operation. Think about if you were if you were alive in 91. In 1991, before we went into Kuwait, we took six months in stage forces and positioned them all around Iraq. And then we moved into Iraq and we took Kuwait. If you look at when this started, this has been going on for two years. That's over two or three or four or five million people have been moved into this country along with weapons. While all that's going on, they were disabling and turning off key observation systems at the border at specific times. You only do that if you're moving weapons across. So they move weapons and prepositioned weapons. The Chinese have bought property next to just about every one of our bases in this country. Not to mention they have airstrips on private land 
all over this country that has probably been funded and and condoned by the CIA and the military. You only do that if you're getting ready for some kind of a major operation. That's what I know. And I'm preparing for the worst because most of America is blissfully asleep and blissfully unaware. And I might be wrong, but I doubt it because this was my business in the military for almost 20 years. Information warfare. Looking at the enemy, assessing what their intent was, and trying to figure out how they were going to do it. And all of that, all of that is leading to a culmination point. And that culmination point will be sometime, in my view, in June or July. A catalyst event where all the systems in our society fail all at once, like Sri Lanka, and then game on. And the Americans will do exactly what we've done in every other conflict. We'll get our asses handed to us for a while. A few good NCOs will, will get their shit together. And a few good officers will get their shit together. And they'll start forming a counterattack. And then we'll push the enemy off of our soil. But it's going to suck between now and then. And a lot of good people are going to die in the process. That's why I say it's going to go kinetic. Speechless. The whole crowd, I'm fucking speechless. And I and none of them, none of them, there was liberals in that crowd, there was conservatives in that crowd, literally none of them knew what to say. They were stunned. And one of them finally said after, and I timed it, it was like three minutes, said, we didn't know any of this was going on. I said, the reason why you don't know what's going on is because each and every one of you has your heads buried in Instagram, in Snapchat, in TikTok, and shit that doesn't mean anything in the real world. You know, my dad used to have a saying, you have so much potential that you waste. It's too bad you can't fucking eat potential because you're wasting it. And now I know what he meant by that. Think about how much time each and every one of you spend building and maintaining personas on Instagram that mean jack shit in real life. You take your pictures, your selfies, you're building this persona that your life's this really exciting thing when really all you're trying to do is impress people you don't care about. You don't give a shit about half the people that are following you. It's this obligation now because you've been sucked into the addiction that is social media. And I've sat here while I was talking and watched how many of you were on your fucking phones while I was talking. You've lost the art of wisdom, grace, and honor. When you talk to somebody, you treat them as if it's an honor to talk to them, and they will talk to you the same way. You give what you receive. And if you if you always put out positive, you always put out respect, you always put out integrity, guess what? You get it back. If you put out negativity, indifference, and apathy, you get it back in spades. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing all of you. You've all been conditioned to do this through social media. And I said, here's the litany test. I want all of you to put your phone down and see how long you can keep your phone down before you check it. 
I guarantee you it'll be less than a minute. They have it down to a science to where they know exactly how long it's going to take you to pick up your phone again, how sticky you are with it. That's what it's called. And I said, that's why you're blissfully unaware. You get your news, your information, your validation. You get all of your social cues from something that's completely artificial. You don't even know how to talk to each other. And that's the bad part about it. You talk via text. I said, you know, one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life was with my twin brother. And it was before he died. He said, I'm scared. How is this going to work out? And I didn't have an answer for him. But I'm glad I was sitting there talking to him. Because that was more important to him than an answer. That I was in, I was listening, I was engaged, and I was talking to him. Think about that the next time you pick up your phone. What's the message you send every time you pick up your phone when you're talking to somebody? That you're not listening and that they don't matter. If we get back to that where people matter, guess what? We win the war. Because what you're doing right now is exactly what the the elite wants you to do. They want you to check out, let things collapse, and then sign up for their system of control, which is going to be in the form of a social scoring system, which is why all of you have been taught that, number one, it doesn't matter if the government surveils you. You're not doing anything wrong. It doesn't matter if you have to wear a mask because it's for the good of everybody else. It doesn't matter. If they're collecting your personal information, they're collecting your tax because you're not saying anything that's wrong. We used to teach the opposite in this country. The government has no business being in your personal life, no matter what you're doing. Even if you're butt fucking Captain Kangaroo on national TV, it's none of their fucking business. That's where we went wrong. And none of you know that because you were never taught civics in school. You're never taught to critically think. Your, di- your idea of critically thinking is, do I say anything to support the new virtue signaling message that's out? That's not critical thinking. That's just being a lemming. And if you step away from this tech for one day, I guarantee you, you're going to see the world differently. That's my challenge to all of you before I leave. Put your phones down for a day and make human connections. Disconnect to make human connections with each other. Nobody else, just this group. One day, one whole day, I guarantee you, you'll see the world differently. That's my that's my message tonight. And then I just said thank you and walked away. We've forgotten what it's like to be unified because we've bred any kind of honor, integrity, strength, wisdom, courage, critical thinking, question authority, question the government out of this entire population. And it started long before Trump came to office. It started way back in the, in the mid eighties. You know, we were teaching critical thinking in schools until the nineties. And then the fucking Clintons came around and fucked all that up. Those two are the ones that brought the color revolution with them. And I, the reason why I detest those two the most is that Washington DC and All the other institutions changed drastically when those two assholes came to town. I know that's not true, so don't get me wrong. 
I just like blaming them because I fucking hate them more than in, than I hate Obama. And I fucking hate Obama. He truly is the Manchurian candidate. Truly. And when this is all said and done, John Brennan, Hayden, Clapper, and Obama are going to be swinging from fucking ropes for treason. Every fucking one of them. And it's going to be on national TV. And this generation that's checked out right now, the ones that didn't get the shot are the ones that are going to fight and, and you know, preserve the country. And then the next fight starts, which is how do we heal people from this fucking vaccine and carry on our, carry on our society? Because we're going to push, we're going to push the communists out of this country in total. We've already won the culture war. They're not taking it back. And that was the other thing I said to that group is that the culture shifted. You, you, you know, every one of you can feel it. They're like, yeah, culture shifted. I go, it's because people are fed up being told what they're supposed to think. Fundamentally, you don't know why that's a thing. But to guys like me, none of these motherfuckers are going to tell me what I need to celebrate, what I need to respect, what is right and what is wrong. They're not going to tell me that my religion is fucked up. They're not going to tell me that my way of life is fucked up. And that's because I grew up in a time where this country literally did stand for something and we did things for moral reasons. Now it's all political. And I guarantee you that your generation will be the ones that carry the torch. And you're going to be hard as fucking nails when this is over with. And you mark my words when I say that. You're going to be hard as fucking nails. You're never going to let this shit happen again. When you find out what these people have really been doing to children, you're all going to be appalled. And then I said to him, have you ever seen a red room? Blake stares. And then I explained it to him, and they were all appalled. And wait till that comes out. You're going to see that. And when it, when it does, you're all going to be absolutely disgusted. This whole generation that that's that's in their mid mid twenties to thirties right now, they're completely unaware of anything around them, and it's because they've been conditioned to bury their head in social media every single time. Every single one of them, even my own, even my own kids, wrapped up in social media, and the only way we break free from that is we shut it all off. We start over. But the next fight is going to be against AI, probably sentient AI, because the same dipshits that are trying to change human genomes and they're trying to change human physiology are fucking around with AI and they're trying to make AI sentient. And like any time you let genie out of the, the genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. And in this case, it's probably going to be a 10 to 12 year war just trying to get some semblance of reality back. Because now with AI, they have the ability to do deep fakes. They have the ability to do a bunch of other things. And it's all so real you can't tell every bit of it. That's a problem. And it's a problem because you can't tell and discern what's true and what's not true. You can't discern what's real and what's not real. You can't decide what's important and what's not important. It's just like Ukraine. Ukraine is the quintessential example of deep fakes. 
there's so much propaganda from both sides. You don't know what's real and what's really going on. The only thing that that is is somewhat real is the situation on the ground, and the the fact that they can't hide the losses anymore on the Ukrainian side. Staggering losses, staggering. And you can't hide that. The Russians can hide it because they still have control and they're they're carting their bodies out of the country. But. The Ukrainians can't do that. And then there's the conversation around what's going to happen. Are the U.S. forces going to backstop the Ukrainians? Are the Polish going to backstop the Ukrainians if they lose in Bakhmut? Because, if, you know, Zelensky's come out and said that if we lose Bakhmut, we lose the war. I, I agree with that. There's nothing between Kiev and Bakhmut. It's a land grab. And you're talking about some of the same terrain that was fought over by the Germans and the Russians in World War II. You know, the, the piece of this this whole puzzle that people forget is that every other part of the world, they're students of history. They know their history. Americans don't know shit. Americans don't study shit. They don't read shit. They don't do shit. And they don't know jack shit. That's a problem because all of our adversaries do. And that was a rude awakening in Iraq. Everybody thought it was just a bunch of dumb Arabs. And I, I kept saying to everybody in command, that's these we are fighting a skilled and very, very um, adept enemy. Look at how well they use standoff weapons at how well they use standoff weapons with IEDs and vehicle IEDs. They were very fucking creative. And everybody was talking about how, what a travesty it was, what a tragedy it was. You know, I, I shake my head and go, you need to give the enemy some credit for their ability to be creative with what they had available to them. This conversation that they're just, you know, completely um, ignorant and devoid of any kind of thought is is stupid and arrogant. And I got in trouble several times for it. But the reality of it is, that was a true statement. And, you know, I keep saying the elite, their their arrogance will be their undoing. It already has been their undoing. They've already lost the war because they lost the culture war because of their arrogance. They assume that everybody is stupid and they're just going to go along with everything. And there's no, there's no point where that's true for everybody. You can't make a blanket statement, and they do it all the time. The point is that there's enough of us now that are awake that they can't win. And no matter how hard they try, you know, how much bullshit they put in front of us, people are rapidly approaching the point where they would rather die for their country than allow it to fall in the hands of a bunch of Satanists. And prior to, prior to about two months ago, you wouldn't have heard that. I heard that all the way up to, to Washington by a lot of different people. Let's get on with it already. Tired of this shit. And then there was people that were blissfully unaware. Which brings me to my last point. When this kicks off, things are gonna they're gonna go until they don't. When this kicks off, you're gonna have to make some very tough decisions. And those decisions 
will be around who stays and who goes. Who do you support and who do you not support? Who do you bring into your camp? Who, you, who do you not bring into your camp? And that's because there's so many people that aren't awake and aren't prepared. You can't save everybody. And that's the cold, hard truth of what's about to hit everybody. And you can you can prepare as much as you can. Like my kid, my, my kids are about as prepared as they can be. But you can't store enough food. You can't store enough ammo. You can't store enough water. No matter what you do, you can't carry all that shit, even if you wanted to. So your best bet is to hunker down and stay out of the conflict zone and then displace if you have to, at the same time, leverage your sphere of influence. And only keep people in your sphere of influence that actually can offer value. People that have skills that are willing to use them. People that are willing to chip in to help everybody else. You don't need any narcissistic shitheads inside your sphere of influence because the only thing they're going to do is take for themselves. This has to be a collective effort to get everybody through this. And this is going to fucking suck. But it's a necessary evil. You know, I look back to to the story of Noah, and I'm reminded of the fact that there's a lot of interpretations of the flood. And the flood was a purge. The flood was a, you know, a water event. But really what it was, was an awakening. It cleansed the earth and awoken the public to what, you know, to the people on the planet, to what was important. And that's the other thing that we're seeing right now that you're not hearing at all is that there's a revival coming back to the church and to Christ. And all of it is happening behind the scenes. People, people aren't advertising it, but they're returning to Christ because they know something is wrong. And, you know, the kids I was talking to, they were all BYU students, and they were all, you know, supposedly immersed in faith. And the one thing that stood out to me about all of them was that they were, they were not ready for any kind of adversity. And there's three kinds of adversity. There's planned, unplanned, and then there's just... Um, like a freak of nature, a natural disaster, and that kind of adversity. You know, unplanned adversity is you you go to do something and you you don't plan for anything going wrong, and then it does. Planned adversity is you, you're planning for things to go wrong, but fucking everything goes wrong all at once. And then there's the natural disaster, which literally the natural disaster defines and destroys everything that you were planning or, or, you know, leaning on and you have to literally build from scratch. I think that's what we're going to see in certain areas of the country. When you look at all the different indicators of what's going on, it's, it's, it's pretty big. So. I would say this. Keep building your sphere of influence with people that are truly interested in preserving our way of life. And you'll know who they are. It doesn't take much to ferret them out. At the same time you're doing that, 
remember that there's only so much you can do to prepare. So be as prepared as you can be. And last but not least, enjoy your life. Enjoy it while you got it. Make the most of it. Don't squander it on social media and stupid things that don't have anything to do with the big picture. Keep looking at the big picture. That's where that's where you need to focus. And remember, just because things look dark doesn't mean we're lost. Don't give up hope and don't be scared. And tonight I think I'm going to end this with a, a song that's it's another 80s hair band. This is, I think this is very reminiscent of today. This is uh, Silent Lucidity by Queensryche. They were uh, banned out of Bellevue, Washington, by the way. Rich parents, blah, blah, blah. And they had some very, very good tracks. This is one of them. And I think this is appropriate for tonight. So here's Queensryche, Silent Lucidity. God bless. One team, one fight.
system not efforts, we can achieve greater control. Yeah.